you think I'm ugly? Sexually transmitted diseases. I hate literally everything about myself. Erectile dysfunction. Low libido can have a strong effect. Low back pain. So you want to lose weight. What taught you not to be confident? Mm -hmm. Hello and thank you for joining us. I am Dawn Mugel, a board certified nurse practitioner and owner of a new Dawn Wellness Center. I'm Tatiana Britton, fitness expert and owner of Better Body with Tati. Where we will combine the world of wellness, fitness, and aesthetics to bring you the Body, Sex, and Disconnect podcast where it's okay to talk about it. Welcome back to another episode of the Body, Sex, and Disconnect podcast. You know who it is. It's Tati. It's Dawn. She thought I was going to let her introduce herself, but I didn't. <laughs> she was leaning in and I was like, it's Dawn. <laughs> but um, I'm talking a lot right now because Dawn is going to be talking a lot to you guys because this is going to be in her wheelhouse and let me just preface with if you... I think what we're going to talk about today, if you have not gotten any kind of injectables or anything like that, this is, you want to listen to this. Um, this is information you need to know before you start your journey. If you've already started your journey and maybe you are with a um, injector or quote qualified end quote professional, um, and maybe you, need, you may need to start asking some questions. So yes. let's talk about hashtag fake news. There's our title, Colin, jot it down, hashtag fake news. Okay, this is Dawn, <laughs> and I'll tell you what, it is fake news, and and something happened to me today that really triggered this for me. I mean, this has always been something I've been passionate about and irritated hearing in our industry, because I feel like we really need to raise the bar. Everyone needs to hold everybody accountable, at least hold ourselves accountable, um, and so what we're talking about here is going to be fake product, and when I say fake product... I am talking about any product that is not FDA regulated or approved to be purchased here in the U.S. Um, and under a medical license. And why I'm saying that is because there are plenty of places that you can find online where you can order product without having a medical license or without it being direct from the manufacturer, whether it is from another state who's getting it from another country or it is, you know, from some website who knows where it's coming from. I've seen a lot of products that come in through um, China and Korea, as well as there's a couple websites out there. I won't name websites so that I don't get anyone really ticked off at me, but um, I've also seen them come through Canada. Um, but my point is product that is being put into your body, into your face here in the U.S. should be coming directly from the manufacturer, your injector either themselves has a medical license and an authority to prescribe, and they should be ordering that product from those companies underneath their prescribing rights. If you're being injected by a registered nurse, they should have a medical director or a physician that works in their office that's responsible for them, and then they're ordering their product through them under their medical license. Um, so. I guess my reason for talking about this is because I ran into something today that really, really frustrated me. I don't usually call out other um, injectors or other practices that, you know, where things are not necessarily happening the way they should be. But today I did. Today I actually called someone and called them out because I had... Literally called them, like, on the phone. Literally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I wasn't, I wasn't doing it to be mean, but I was doing it because I had a patient here that 
has now been in five times because she's really distraught about product that was put into her face. And unfortunately, it has left her with lumps and bumps. And uh, it's really just not, it doesn't look how it should. She's really upset about the appearance. Um, I can't fix it for her. I have tried everything. Now she's very aware because I don't know what the product is that, you know, our fingers are crossed that it's some type of hyaluronic acid gel because then it can be dissolved um, with Hylinex. But I will tell you, we have tried that several times and been unsuccessful. Which um, is not typical, right? Like no. normally if someone has if it's a typical, real product, yeah, just maybe HA not the product. best job, you yeah. can dissolve you can it after dissolve a couple it. times. Right, right. Okay. I mean... Uh, Obviously, understanding what the product is, but most products that are used are either like a Juvederm-based product or a Restylane-based product, all of those for the most part um, that you're seeing injected in the face, unless you start talking about um, sculpture or some other things, which I'm not talking about today. I'm just talking about the typical HA fillers. Um, so anyway, have been unsuccessful to dissolve that. Long story short, reaching out to the practitioner really just to find out what in the world is in this poor girl's face so that I can try to help her further. Um, it was very clear that there was really no um, no good explanation of what it was and you know what was said to me was different than what was said to the patient. And, and why I'm telling this to everyone is because I think everyone really needs to be educated before they choose their provider. So I'm not having this conversation to talk bad about you know, anyone who's injecting or to talk bad about any practice. What I'm here to talk about is to educate you before you make the decision to go get cheek filler or chin filler or PDO threads or, you know, lip filler or whatever it is, I want you to really be able to know what to look for so you can do your own research and make your own decisions. And so things you want to watch for. Let's say you're going in to get, you know, Botox or Dysport or Zeman or, or any of the neuromodulators. Uh, it is okay when you go into a practice to ask to see their box, the box that the product is coming out of. Because if it is not coming from, you know, Allergan or Galderma or one of the other reputable manufacturers approved to give that product here in the U.S., then there's going to be another language on the box. There'll be ink, like on the back of the box under manufacturer. Um, it's going to have a paragraph that's in English and then it's going to have another paragraph in some other type of language, depending on where the product came from. So it's okay to ask to see the box. It's okay to look at the vial. Um, let's say you're using Botox. Botox vial, not only does it say Botox on it, but there's actually a hologram. Most people don't realize that when you turn or twist the vial in the light, you can see that multicolored hologram across the vial. So um, there's just things to look for. And, and it's not because I'm telling you to be suspicious of everyone, but I just think it's unfortunate to find yourself in a position like this patient I'm trying to help right now and then have her feel really bad like she didn't do enough research, but it really wasn't on her. I mean, how are you supposed to know those things? Yeah. Nobody would know those things. Uh -uh. Nobody would think to ask to look at a bottle or a box mm -mm. or something. So if you're looking at fillers or injectables, same rule applies. You can ask to look at the box. Um, the same thing. It's going to look just like all the other boxes till you flip it over. Then you're going to see different, you know, several different languages or a couple different languages on the back. That's not a product that's come here from the U.S. Um, and then okay to take a look at the syringe to make sure that it's in a sealed container, that it's sterile, and that the syringe itself says the same name that was on and the box. And what if the injector either A uh -huh. gets 
irritated. They're like, that's ridiculous. Or B says they don't have the box anymore. Okay. So I'm going to speak just from my own experience. I don't open a box and discard that box until I am opening it up for a patient. Now, I can't say that about everyone, but what I can tell you is that the box has a lot number on it that's specific to that filler. It has an expiration date. Um, the, The packaging that the filler syringe is in also has that lot number and expiration date. So I I don't I don't know why you would open the box um, prior to someone using it. Uh, that doesn't make a, t- a ton of sense to me why you would do that, but not to say like I'm not trying to get any people sending me hate messages saying, right. hey, I open it's my just box. It's not standard. Right. I open the box and I throw it away and or why are you hating on me? Or if they did throw it away, you said obviously there's a way they can look still Absolutely. At the... The actual packaging that keeps it, you know, that syringe sterile inside that packaging. So on the label of the package, not the box, but what's inside the box, has an expiration lot number and has manufacturer information on it as well. So for any reason, they are like, hey, that's just the way we do it, but here's what you can look at. Exactly. So, But there's never a time, and I mean never a time, that someone should get irritated with you for asking, especially because reputable injectors know that this stuff happens. And I'm not saying it happens often or all the time, but it can happen. And so people trying to protect themselves and make sure that they're using reputable product, that they know what type of product is in their body, what to do if they have an adverse reaction. I don't think that's being over the top. I think that's being cautious and sensible. And I would commend people for doing that. If they came into my office and said, I want to see the box, I'd be like, girl, how many boxes do you want to see? And what do they say? What's the this, this standard thing? You know, you ask your significant other if they're doing something shady. Defensiveness means something mm-hmm. is being hidden. Yeah, something sus. So mm-hmm. Something sus. Exactly. Oh, Look, you didn't think I was so trendy. <laughs> <laughs> something sus is going on. Right. So I don't... Um, Look, I would I would feel uncomfortable if I asked someone to see the box or I asked someone to see the sealed packaging that had an expiration date on it, that had a lot number on it, that showed the manufacturer's information. I don't think that's unreasonable. I would show that to anyone that asked that and I would not be offended. I would, you know, commend them for doing their research. So I'm telling you this not to annoy injectors out in the world. I'm telling you this because it does happen. And, you know, we should all have a right to what goes into our body and we should all know what the possible risks and consequences are of having certain products in our body. And if we don't know Mm -hmm. what products are being injected, then we don't know what our risks are. We don't know what our consequences are. We also don't know how to fix it if there's an adverse reaction. So I just want people to be safe. And the only way to do that is to tool them with education. Right. So that's what you need to look for. Ask questions. Um... If your injector gets angry at you for asking questions, I'm just going to say maybe you should rethink where you're at and go to someone that is okay showing you everything so that you're comfortable with what you're getting done. So. And I I think we can even touch base on that too as far as it comes to like products being put in the right areas. How would someone go about like if I come to you and get my lips bigger than they already are? <laughs> of course, I knew she was going to say I'm that. Like, and I'm like, see you soon. I'm just kidding. It's good you're gone for a month because yes. uh, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I would be coming in. Anyway, um, but if someone comes to you and they're like, you know, I want to get my cheeks done. I also maybe want to get my lips done and whatever else. Right. And I mean, 
most people aren't going to know that the same filler doesn't go in every single area. So right. how does someone who's preparing, they know, okay, I want a little volume in my cheeks, my lips, maybe I want something so I don't have these lines on my forehead. How do they go about like asking the right questions or so knowing? As far as what products are approved, so basically it's called on-label. Products come out and then they're approved on-label for you know certain areas, X, Y, Z. And that's honestly, even though I always poke fun at Dr. Google and I always tell people, tell me what kind of degree Dr. Google has. It'd probably be <sighs> a pretty topic. <laughs> it'd probably be a pretty easy Google search. Um, if you know what filler, like let's say you know that someone's using Juvederm Ultra, okay, and you wanna know, hey, I wanna have my lips done. And in my consultation, they said, they were gonna use Juvederm Ultra in my lips. You could do a little Google search and just see what is Juvederm Ultra on label use. You can literally Google it while you're in the chair numbing right. if you get freaked out. <laughs> if you're like, wait, is she putting the right stuff up in here? Right. There you go. Now, Easy. that being said, I will also say that it is not terribly uncommon um, to see products used in off-label areas, meaning it's not necessarily an area it was approved for, but it doesn't mean that it would be bad to put it there. Um, so that starts to come down to trust in your injector because... Um, like if you ask them, they don't get defensive. Right. Uh -huh. you got to be able to ask questions. So, you know, there might be a filler that's on-label for lips, but also happens to look really good in those little tiny fine lines around the lips. Maybe that's not what it's on label for, but it goes really well there because it's very soft, it's really flexible. Um, same thing like, um, we won't pick on just Juvederm products. So let's say Restylane Lift. Okay, Restylane Lift on label for the cheeks because it's a very stiff product, it's not very flexible. And obviously cheeks, you want volume. Um, I would question, anyone putting that in the lips. And because you think about, not only is it off-label for the lips, but also then is you're like, stiffer? okay, wait a second, it's super stiff. Mm -hmm. It's gonna create a ton of stiff volume. It seems like an unusual place to have it in the lips. So um, I'm not saying you can find everything on a Google search, but I am saying that you can certainly see where that filler, where the on-label use is for that filler. And if the on-label use is in a very, um, you know, unforgiving, bony area like cheeks, chin, jawline, then you might question if it's being put in an area that has a ton of movement and usually needs to be really soft and flexible. So super stiff, hard filler, hmm, that might seem kind of strange to have it in my lips or my under eyes, right? Mm -hmm. Or really thin, soft, squishy filler that's very flexible. Okay, I could see where that could go in a lot of places, but it might be a strange choice if I'm trying to get chin projection or I'm trying to get uh, a more yeah. bony looking cheek structure. So mm. by seeing what the on-label use is, I mean, it kind of tells you what kind of filler it is. Right, and like you're doing now, your injector may say, okay, well, based off of what you're wanting, this would be the standard based off the on-label use. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But here's why this off-label use for it is going to benefit you or maybe what you're looking for. Right. They can at least explain it rather right. than just being like, are you going to trust me or not? Right. Like, <laughs> you know? like, wait a minute, red flag, red flag. <laughs> um, I just, I know obviously my own personal experience recently trying to help a patient that came to me um, having something done that was not done by me, but I'm trying desperately to help her um, to correct it. But also, you know, you see it on Instagram, you see it, uh, you see it all over the place. 
I, I recently just saw an article, uh, something posted on Instagram by another injector that I follow, and she called out um, a surgeon, well, oh. hashtag or quotes, because he's not really a surgeon, oh. but he's doing Brazilian butt surgeries, and he's not even a doctor. He has no medical so degree at all. Ew, that is go, so oh scary. Gosh. Well, I was reading it because <sighs> someone posted it. Because did some of them look good? Because in a sense, how is some someone did. good at cutting some body open? I don't know. He's doing a lot. I mean, he had to do some kind of studying by I, himself. I know, and and some of them do look really <laughs> oh, good. That's so crazy. I'm sure that's how he's getting people. But Ew, that's so. But creepy. he has a high infection rate Ugh. and a high death rate. Ugh. And so you think about it, you're like, okay. Are people choosing to go to someone that they know is not licensed to do something or using products they shouldn't use purely off of cost? Because although I appreciate a budget, okay, mm -hmm. let me get that out there. I appreciate a budget and I appreciate how expensive aesthetics and plastic surgery can For be. For sure. It can. And sometimes you pay more and get also a shitty result. Absolutely. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, but I am telling you that no procedure... No treatment, not any treatment that I do, not any treatment that any reputable plastic surgeon does. No treatment is worth the risk of dying. I oh mean, gosh, you just think about scary. that and go, or worth the risk of some massive infection. Right. That, you know, because Lord only knows what was in the product or, or what happened during surgery. And no treatment. I don't care if they say, ooh, you can have your lip filler that's normally $800 and they're selling it for $200. Okay, there's another red flag, people. Oh, as much I as I'd love so for times. my lip filler to be that cheap, yes. that's that is instantly I'm like, I don't want whatever is in yeah, that. Yeah, whatever is in that. I don't want, want that in my lips. When you know <laughs> that if you call around, look, not just my place, okay? Call call five places in 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 North Scottsdale, which is where I'm at, and that's why I picked this area. I mean, you can pick anywhere you live, okay? Pick five places and call all five places and ask them, how much is your lip filler? And you're going to see, I mean, I can speak for Scottsdale anyway, you're going to see a price range of anywhere from $700 and I've seen upwards of $900 wow. for lip filler. So then if you call one place who someone recommend or who you found or something and they say $300, you have to just stop and pause a minute and go, okay, wait. Why is everyone charging so much more? How are they going to make money yes. off of me? And if the product costs that much, how much does costs? the product cost? Yeah, oh, it's so because weird. Because the reason why aesthetics is expensive is because the product is expensive. Mm -hmm. So for places to be able to stay open and actually treat you, they have to purchase the product, which means they have to make enough from that product to actually keep their lights on right. so that they can inject you. Exactly. So when it is so grossly different, I'm not saying, look, if you can find somewhere and you trust both people and you can save 50 bucks. Don't run specials, but they're yeah. not $200. Or Correct. my lips would be huge right. <laughs> because I'd be buying that special every day. Exactly. <laughs> Only because I trust Don, not otherwise. Yeah, but I'm saying, look, if, you, if, you, if there's a little sale going on, if you find a little coupon for something, there's something special and you trust that person well then yay for you that you got some great deal yes but when the deal sounds too good to be true ladies and gentlemen it is too good to be true because someone cannot sell you lip filler for three hundred dollars and even cover the cost of the syringe of filler so and we their have time. to yes yeah i mean so we have to start thinking about that where is the product coming from if it is that cheap and after this episode, Dawn is going to release a $200 special to see if you listen. Because if you call her and you ask to get that $200 lip filler special, she's going to say, 
you're fake news. This is fake news. Thank you for listening to the podcast, but you didn't listen. Right. So just be on the lookout for that fake special that she has running. It'd be so funny. I'd be calling you, though. I know you would. She's like, no, I'd I be swear the first you said call. it. I recorded it. I still have it. Like, it's me. It's, it's permanent. But that is stuff to think about. Like, I... You know, I wouldn't think about these things. Now, thankfully, Dawn knows one of my friends is an Allergan rep, and she told me all the things. And that's an Allergan rep who she knew who I was going to, but she even said, and she Just trusts this sure, person, right? Ask to see the box. Ask to see expiration There's dates. There's nothing wrong in that. No, she's like, you should, because you just never know. I'm sure she's seen crazy shit. Yeah, you you never know. There's nothing wrong with asking. And anyone that gets offended to if by you asking or refuses to show it to you, that should be your answer. Yeah. That should be enough of an answer. Scram. Yeah, enough of an answer. So while we're on this whole fake news topic, I figure I may as well just let it all off oh, my chest. Oh, what's next? This is unplanned. And yeah, so <laughs> aside from the fake news, ask questions. Oh, and by the way, if anyone has any questions and you want to send me a message on Instagram, feel free. I am happy to answer. If you're like, hey, does this look like a familiar product to you? Or hey, does this name sound familiar? Or what about the, I mean, I'm happy to ask. If I know it, I will. <clears throat> Obviously, I'm not going to call out anybody, but... Right. You'll just say, I'm not so sure. Yeah. But if but if you have questions about your own treatments or something you're doing or have done already that you're nervous about, I am happy to answer those. So just shoot me a message, uh, Dawn at A New Dawn Wellness. But let me get the other big topic off my chest. Mm. That is for everyone out there, saving product. Uh, oh, yes. We did talk about this. Okay. I was like, what's up? Okay. <laughs> now, I know this will probably be controversial, and I know that I'm probably going to catch some heat for this because I know injectors that save product, and I am sure that is who I'm going to hear from if they listen to my podcast and be like, what the heck are you saying? So I'm just going to explain it in just a layman's terms, and I'm going to explain it like um, – from the medical side, and then everyone can kind of come to their own conclusion from that. The filler that we use has no preservatives. Preservatives are put into things so that they don't go bad because they grow bacteria or, you know, have stuff, yucky stuff inside of it, okay? So that is why... That was a medical term. Yeah. Well, that Just was kidding. my layman's term. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> yucky stuff. We don't want yucky stuff. It's like in our foods, you ever read like your canned food or something and you're like, gosh, all I wanted was green beans. Why does it have all this stuff I can't pronounce? Uh, it's so that bacteria doesn't grow inside of the can and it keeps it fresh and preserved. That's why there's preservatives and things. Okay. No preservatives and filler, which means it is totally sterile until when? Until okay. we open it. Once we crack that top off, it is no longer considered sterile and totally clean, right? Because now we've opened it. Now it's open to air and particles in the air and whatever else. So if you go in to get your lip filler done and you're like, I only want, you know, half of a syringe, but I want to save the other half for later. I hear it all the time because I have patients come to me and they're like, why won't you let me save my syringe? So now you've recapped the syringe that's already open, that was open to particles in the air, bacteria, fingers, you know, bodily Blood. fluids. If you were <laughs> injecting and you're aspirating um, or your injector is aspirating, you know, whatever happened to come back in there. So, okay, now it's not clean is what I'm getting at. And there's no preservatives inside of it to keep it from growing anything bad. Now you cap it, you put it in the refrigerator. Whether you put it in the refrigerator for one week or three months, 
that is still a time period that you're allowing something that is no longer clean, a gel that's not clean, to grow bacteria. Now, there is no guarantee that that bacteria is going to be visible to your eye. So you could grow bacteria inside of the gel, and then you come back in in a month, and me, unknowingly, see this gel that looks totally fine, but it has staph that has grown in it, and I inject it into your lips. So does that mean that's going to happen every single time? No, because I'm sure I'm going to hear from people being like, my girl or my guy saves my filler and I've never had I've a Because I've had a save before in yes. the past. And yeah. like I even told Don, I'm like, I, as easy as this is to understand this. And the yes. second we talked about it earlier, I was like, oh my gosh. It makes sense. It makes sense, but you would never think of it. And yeah, it may not have happened, but it's like, holy shit, that's scary. Right. So, so I'm not saying, look, every time you do that, you're going to have some terrible infection. But I'm telling you that there is a risk of an infection. So is it worth it? Right. I'm a very risk-reward provider. So what is my risk and what is my reward? Well, my risk of saving half of a syringe of filler, hmm, that risk is pretty high. I mean, I could get away with it a few times, but there could be one time that I don't get away with it. And I wind up with some crazy staph infection in my face and I wind up in the hospital and IV medication. Would that really be worth saving the half a syringe? No, no, of course that's not worth it. So to me, that is a that is a no gamble zone. So I personally, I'll tell everyone now, I will not save product. We're buying a whole syringe. If you only want to use half, I am totally fine. That's if you why only want I to use, use the whole damn right. thing, baby. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I am totally fine if you only want to use half. And if you want me to throw it away, I will. But I'll tell you something else. I've never met anyone in my life, not as a patient, not as a friend, not as a family member, not even the lady standing next to me in the grocery store that couldn't use a half a syringe somewhere else in their face. That's true. Other than where they're putting it. Yeah. So if you're coming in, you're like, For I on label w-. use. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or at least an explanation. I or an explanation. Of of, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So if you're like, hey, I want only half a syringe of Kiss in my lips and I don't want to use the other half of my lips. And I look at you and go, okay, fine. We'll put it in your lips. But you know what? A little pre-gel area or a little bit of marionette lines or a little downturn in the corners of the mouth, a little filler support. And it's a perfect, you know, you can still use that lip filler to kind of pick up the corners of the mouth or or help kind of camouflage or shadow the little um, pre-gels or marionette lines. I mean, I literally mean never. I have never met someone that a half of a syringe couldn't go somewhere. So let's talk about how much that actually is. For those of you thinking a half a syringe, like, no, that's a crazy amount. If I squirt out an entire syringe of filler onto the counter in front of you. It's like the size of a large blueberry. Have you ever looked at a large blueberry? It is a bummer, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's how expensive it is. Uh, So you look at this big old giant blueberry. Now I'm exaggerating, there are no giant blueberries, but even if find me the biggest one, okay, that is your filler in a nutshell. Now tell me you wanna split it in half. All right, so envision in your mind as we're going here, cut that blueberry in half. Now I want you to take that half of a blueberry and put it up to your lips and tell me how much you really think is going to be that massive of a change if you put both halves in your lips instead of the one half. Or if you put the half in and then you take that other half and you cut it in half again and take the little quarters and put it up to the corners of your mouth or put it up to like your pre-gel. Like it's funny because you start envisioning it in your mind. You're like, oh my God, I'm taking a quarter of a blueberry 
and putting it up to the corner of my mouth. Okay, yes, I can clearly tolerate the whole syringe. So I think that people get concerned and the reason they get concerned with using whole syringe as a filler, oftentimes I have found, I'm sure there's other reasons, but the reasons I hear most is that they have seen people walking around and they felt that their filler looked bad mm-hmm. or looked super fake or looked super obvious. And because of that, they're scared, so they don't want to use a whole syringe. And what people don't understand is when you see big, fake, um, or, or product that you feel like doesn't look good, it is one of two things. It is either poor injection technique or the person wants it that way mm-hmm. and likes it. Mm-hmm. So just because you don't like how someone's you know um, lips or cheeks or chin or whatever it is turns out, there's two questions you have to ask. Do I like the injector? Mm-hmm. Do I think they do a good job? Look at their before and after photos. That's why they're up there. Yeah. Go on their Instagram and just stalk them like crazy. And if you look at them and you're like, mm, all those photos to me look fake and all those photos to me, I don't like them. Might be their it, style. Yeah, it's Maybe probably their style. <laughs> and it just means you're not a right fit for each other. Um, so you need to stalk people before you go in there and be like, okay, everything I see on their page fits my style and what I want. So I feel safe going there. Um, but I will tell you, I, I can't, I mean, I do so many lips. We're, we're going to use lips for an example, but I do so many of them and they'll be teeny tiny where I can barely see them. When they smile, they disappear completely. And they're like, oh, I don't want a, a whole syringe because I'm scared that they'll be giant and they'll look crazy. Ladies, I couldn't possibly give you those lips with one syringe of filler, even if I wanted to. No. So most of lo- us wish yes, that you could. Exactly. Those of us who are like, yes. Right. Yes. The more the better. <laughs> so a lot of times when you see people walking around and out in public and you're like, oh, I do not like those lips. Those are not my style. I would be willing to guarantee you that it is not one syringe of filler that you're looking at. Oh, yeah. Not at all. Right. So there's my speech about educate yourself, ask be questions. prepared, ask questions, feel com- comfortable asking questions. Don't let anyone make you feel uncomfortable asking questions. It is okay to see the lot number, the expiration, the manufacturer, the box, the label, make sure it's sealed. And for the love of everything holy, please do not save your fillers. Mic drop again. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. If you have any questions for Dawn, that is not my expertise, but if filler at Dawn at a new Dawn Wellness. That's it. If you have any topics or questions you want us to cover on here, you can message her or myself at Tatiana Britton on Instagram. But otherwise, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah, be safe. Don't use that half a syringe that's been in the fridge for two months. Right. Bye. (laughs) Bye.